Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Jesse McAnally. And I'm Andrew DeWolf. And I'm Liz Esten. And welcome to Musicals of Cheese, a podcast where I try to get Andrew and Liz like musical theater. I've got a bit of a dilemma, guys. I, 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 I need some advice. Are, are you guys willing to give it to me? Yeah, I mean, I can, I can do my best. I, I don't know. So you know that the Michigan emperor has declared war on Ohio, and they're calling at least one woman from each house to represent themselves in the Midwest Wars. Oh, that's a pretty tough spot to be. I mean, your mom could just go, right? Yeah, what about yes. your mom? She she took took the scroll, but then I saw her like rehearsing for war, and she fell down. And I'm just like, no, that ain't gonna work. Oh, that's a bad that's a bad yeah. sign right there. That isn't a good sign. What what are you thinking of doing? Yeah, uh, dressing in drag and pretending to be my mother's daughter and joining the war on. Aren't you gonna disrespect your family doing that? I mean, that is against yeah, the law. Yeah, it's bring honor man. to your Michigan family. For a man to fight in the Michigan War is against the law, as far as I'm aware. Only women fight in the Michigan Wars. <laughs> yes, um, truly, I don't know what I'm doing, but thank God I've got Eddie Murphy with me <laughs> to help me through this. <laughs> Do you have white Eddie Murphy or actual Eddie Murphy? I've got actual Eddie Murphy. You know what? I got white Eddie Murphy from Mulan too. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Hey, how you doing up there, man? Thanks for the intro. I don't think I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> it's over for it's you. It's over. You have white Eddie Murphy. You're screwed. <laughs> it's Jover. In case you haven't picked up, we're throwing down just for no reason whatsoever. We were originally going to cover Wish, but then we were like, why don't we watch something good? This week, we are talking about Disney's feature animation, Mulan. Cue the music. And if I were truly to be myself, I would break my family's heart. Who is that girl I see staring straight back at me? Why is my reflection someone I don't Mulan is an animated film written by Rita Hiseo, Chris Saunders, Philip Zebunik, Raymond Singer, Eugenia Bostwick Singer, and with music and lyrics with sorry, and music and lyrics by Matthew Wilder and David Zippel. Uh, Mulan premiered at the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles on June 5th, 1998, and was released in the United States on June 19th. The film was well-received by critics and the public who praised the animation, plot, characters, and musical score, and grossed over $304 million worldwide. The plot of Mulan is, a tomboyish girl disguises herself as a young man so she can fight with the Imperial Chinese Army against the invading Huns. 
With help from the wisecracking dragon Mushu, Mulan might just save her family and her country and win the heart of a handsome Captain Li Shang. All right, Mulan's great, right? Like, are we all in agreement here? Yeah. I'm going to say Mulan holds up really well. It's It really it's, holds it's, up well. I'm not going to be that guy. I think it's probably my favorite of the Disney Renaissance and the last really great one of their release. Out of all of them, it feels like the most complete and doesn't have like the weird hunchback. doesn't have the thing that really kind of ruins the movie. It feels like a complete whole, and they finally figured out the animation where I do not see a single flaw in the animation whatsoever. I want to say the only flaw I can find with it is there's no good villain song. Yes, and I also think this is kind of the standard which they followed through the Frozens and Tangled. Instead of having a really compelling villain, we have a really compelling lead that we follow. And she's quirky, and she has all the things that you'd want in a lead character, which I think might be the kind of template that they followed all the way up to Wish. For better and, and for it's, worse. It's fine. I actually like the villain, too, in this. Like, he's just yeah. a very, he's a threatening presence, but not much else, which is fine for the story they're telling. Um, though it definitely um, sucks losing the villain song, and it de- kind of sucks that this this is the trend they continue to follow, and they never bring back the villain really um, in future Disney movies. Is what I mean. I I get that, which is a fair complaint. However, this also brings some top tier songs that are not quite of the vein of other Disney films. Like, there's no kind of montage Rocky style song in any other Disney film that even competes in the same territory as Make a Man Out of You. Honestly, the whole soundtrack to this is really good, um, including, and this is rare, including the pop song that they release in on the soundtrack as well. <laughs> yes. Which you and I have had been obsessed with for years. I love that song. But True to usually, your heart? Yes. Okay, just checking. Usually Disney puts out a pop song on their soundtrack and it sucks. It just fucking blows. Um, that one they put on on Moana, I particularly dislike. <laughs> Which one was that? There's I like, think they do like a pop cover of "You're Welcome" or "How Far I'll Go." There's, there's. Two I think it was "You're Welcome." It was "You're Welcome" and "How Far I'll Go." I think Ugh. it was both. Yeah, it was both. Alessia Cara did "How Far I'll Go." Jordan Fisher and Lin Manuel Miranda did "You're Welcome." I'm just an ordinary Honestly, I could go on and on. I could explain every natural phenomenon. The tide, the grass, the ground. Oh, that was me. I was messing around. Even worse than like the Moana and other ones, you've got like the 90s radio pop version of Beauty and the Beast or A Whole New World. And they're just so boring and so horrendous. Oh my God, that whole new world. It's like they do a contemporary version of it, right? Where they just have like the symbol like whole new world. And that's the only difference. I can show you the world Shining, shimmering, splendid Yeah, and it's just, oh my fucking, yeah, those ones suck. Those ones are truly awful. So it's, it's, it's incredible that they, they managed to make an absolute fucking banger and put this out. Also, Szechuan sauce. I mean, come on, the McDonald's <laughs> yeah. Szechuan sauce. We have to talk about that, right? Everyone, Mulan, <laughs> Szechuan, is this still relevant? Do people care? 
I don't. I don't no. know. Is the answer. I turned myself into a pickle, Morty. <laughs> I even worked at Wisecrack, who's obsessed with Brig and Morty, and I still don't get it. Um, let me talk about the reasons why I think this movie works. Um, these composers, um, David Zippel, who did the lyrics for um, Hercules, and that was his only previous credit, really, um, as well as Matthew Wilder, who also does the voice of the tall, lanky, funny character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that guy. Um, yes, everyone. Those characters. <laughs> I love Every- them. <laughs> they really haven't done much since then this is kind of their peak like they did a couple like the only thing they're credited on especially this guy matthew wilder aside from mulan is disney mania in concert and ashley tisdale kissed the girl as like producers and arrangers you gotta give them credit they made a fuck ton of money making mulan and they're done you know i'm retiring i'm gonna live in my apartment for free This money's in my savings account. I'm going to live off the interest. (laughs) But the funny thing is, they were not the original composers for this. Really? Really? Um, Steven Schwartz was brought in to do the score for this. Originally do. And then he left because Jeffrey Katzenberg came knocking at his door like, hey, you want to do Prince of Egypt for me? And he's like, fuck yeah, I do. (laughs) He knew and, it. You knew how to get to him. You do the religious shit. Steven yeah. Schwartz loves that shit. And Schwartz had three songs already written for Mulan, one called Written in Stone, one called Destiny, and one called China Doll. Both of those sound kind of racist in and of themselves, in my opinion. Yeah. There's, al- there's already some questionable-ish use of, like, the, like, do-do-do-do-do kind of stuff going yes. on. You know what yes. I'm saying? <laughs> but apparently... A lot of the score that would have been Mulan is in Prince of Egypt, especially in the opening. And there are like pieces of Prince of Egypt score you can hear in the current Mulan score. Like they are kind of there are there are reflections of each other. No pun intended. <gasps> he did. Um, he said it. That's interesting. I'll yes. You have to listen to some of the score and see if I can notice that. There have been people on TikTok that have like done an actual proper deep dive note by note into comparing the scores and was able to find these connections. Um, I wish I could credit them right now. Um, but I, I know that there is definitely ties there. I do also want to talk about the proper like orchestral composer of probably one of the best like pieces of non-singing music ever to put in Disney. It's so good that they used it for the trailer where Mulan becomes the soldier. That scene, score alone, the synth alone, one of the best scenes ever put into a Disney animated feature. I remember seeing this in theaters three years old, and that scene was an awakening moment for me of like, holy shit, you can do this? The the animation in those early scenes, too, uh, especially the the part where I, I think the scene where she has like eight reflections of herself, I was yes. remembering like, yes. that is like, wow, that couldn't have been that easy to animate. And it looks really good. Um. So the animators went to China, obviously, to learn about it, and they studied Chinese art in very subtle ways. Like, there's obviously the section of Girl Earth fighting for, which is very obvious, but in most Chinese art, they really discovered that they're not character-focused, that they're all landscape-focused. 
Um, so they kind of embraced the landscape but implemented character, which is why there's so many uses of silhouettes in this, where there's so many like pieces of where the characters are dark but the landscapes are bright so that they can embrace that art but still implement their character work. And I think it works so well. It reminds me of all the best things of my favorite Disney films with none of the garbage. Like, I think this has all the things I love about Hunchback of Notre Dame in it, but without the shitty gargoyles or the wishing it could be something that it's not. This is as perfect as it can be in its current form. Watching this, I really just, I it made me wish that there was more 2D animation still. Yes. Yes. It, there's something impressive about 2D animation that even the best 3D animated films can't achieve. I feel like I never watch a 3D animated movie. Well, not never. Very rarely watch a 3D animated movie and I'm like, oh my god, wow. How'd they do that? You know, where it's like animation, 2D animation just always feels impressive. It's like somebody sat at a desk and, and actually fucking drew that. <laughs> You know, with their hand. <laughs> Not Which, to just 3D animation. They work hard, but... <laughs> they work hard, but we've removed the entire landscape of creating 2D animation anymore. Um, people inside the Disney um, landscape, there is no way to bring it back. They have tried, they have failed, and every time they realize that they had just fired the only people that could have trained a new generation, and no one knows how to do it anymore. <laughs> Like, not to talk about Wish too much, but that just came out, not doing great, not well-loved, was originally pitched to be a 2D animated film, and then they just knew they couldn't do it. So the star character, they were originally going to be, all right, that'll be 2D animated. And they didn't even have the infrastructure to do one character like that. That is how dead 2D animation currently is. 2D animation as well has been sort of hit with, like, the computerized version of it where it's like flash animation type stuff mm -hmm. which is what a lot of like uh cartoons are made with now yes so it's yes. still even even the stuff that is 2d animated like like spongebob or something like that it's Teen not the go. same oh, it's not the same as what this is you know like i think with this you can tell that the vast majority of this was drawn with hand to paper you know yes. It was probably colored digitally, but the initial drawings were definitely a physical thing. Mm -hmm. And it just feels the weight of every character. It just, it's as perfect as animation can be. And while I understand that my impact in nostalgia is affecting this a lot, and I can't remove that. Like, this film obviously has issues, uh, specifically like, the way that Chinese people reacted to it was not great. <laughs> And I did actually I, read the original yeah. Mulan story, which actually dates back to like 240 AD. Like it is an old story. Um, so Mulan was really something that they Disney wanted to promote to Chinese audiences because um, The Lion King was one of the highest grossing Western films in China ever. Um, and they were hoping to kind of smooth over relationships after the, their relationship with the Chinese government had soured after... Kundun, which I believe was the film about the Dalai Lama that Martin Scorsese directed and still has never been released. Fun fact. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> it was released in theaters by at, at the minimum legal and never released on home media, as far as I know. Um, so basically, they, China was still very mad and they released it over Chinese New Year so no one would go see it. And then also they just started pirating the movie in China and they hated the movie. 
They complained about Mulan's depiction as being too foreign-looking, and the story is too different from the myth. They felt it was very offensive. And then, I think that is the sole reason why Disney went diving into the cookie jar 20 years later for Mulan 2020. Yeah. Have either of you seen that movie? I watched Sideways' video on it, and then I thought I... I thought I got that covered, so I never watched it. <laughs> I've also seen Sideways' video, which is Sideways, a uh, friend of the show, always does a great job. Um, but I have seen it as well. Um, though I, I, I don't think I could tell you a damn thing about it. I remember... It, I watched it a while ago, and I, I can't remember. It's Mulan gone. had the force in her. <laughs> like, she I, literally, she, she had, had a superpower. Powers. Yeah. That made her good at fighting, because girl but, boss... I mean, not to just you know ape sideways but a lot of the problem is the music's fucking gone <laughs> yes yeah it, it, like i don't know but well, i don't even want to talk about the fucking remake it, it's no, just but it's just if shit. we didn't people would say like why didn't you talk about the remake true true even so when here, we did it as a meme we for the lion king people asked why we didn't talk about it <laughs> here's what we have to say about the remake it fucking sucks uh, sorry yeah i don't know yeah i, I can't even <laughs> say it's like well-intentioned they wanted they yeah. wanted the money from it. And then the COVID hit. Um, so yeah. it never even got a proper release. I I do think that the criticisms of like it's not accurate to the myth and all that is that that's probably all fair. Yes. Um there are things that bother me, but I they don't bother me as much as they probably should. Like Harvey Firestein playing one of the Chinese characters probably should bother me a lot more than it does. But yeah. as well as a lot of other folks like June Foray and Marnie Nixon playing the grandmother um, and Matthew Wilder singing for Ling um, and truly the most egregious one um, is B.D. Wong playing Li Shang but his singing voice is provided by the one and only Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat himself Donnie Osmond it's such a weird transition when you know it's Donnie Osmond singing it's like B.D. Wong and all of a sudden it's like Donnie Osmond screaming <laughs> and donny osmond has a gr- uh, sorry bd wong has a pretty good singing voice i think he could have pulled it off sincerely you know at the very least though there's no like like imagine if rob schneider was in this okay know? okay we can't compare <laughs> those two things um no spoilers for next week um, uh, you know no, no no spoilers for next week i mean this is totally unrelated off the cuff we didn't talk about this before like, what if Rob Schneider was in this and he was doing, like, a voice, you know? Like, you know, you you know, I'm not going to do it, but you know what voice I'm talking just about. Just play the clip, Andrew. Just play the clip. <laughs> just play the clip. Just play the clip. Congratulations. Now, please excuse me while I go take a shower. Like, one of the things that make me... This movie makes me more emotional than most films, let alone Disney films. There is at least three moments that, like, get me to choke up in this film. Which, what are the big moments for yeah, you? Yeah, what are your three? Um, the first one is obviously the 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 decision to leave the that sequence. The entire sequence is just like an animation style alone, gorgeous reflection as well. That is another one. Those two sequences yep. just based on the beauty of animation, truly right. incredible. Like oh my god, just on art alone. Yes. And then there's the moment when she comes home. She gets the emperor's sword and all the honors. And she sees her father again and presents it to him. And then he throws it to the side and hugs his daughter. That moment. Oh, tear my fucking heart out. Why don't you? That's some peak sad dad shit right there. It really is. It's such good dad (laughs) shit. I love it. It is 
an emotional catharsis you are v- very rarely granted so effectively in Disney films like this. Wait, so what's the third? Is it when True to Your Heart starts playing? <laughs> <laughs> True to your heart. I'm so sorry. I missed the moment when Eddie Murphy violently murders one of the dragons. Oh, yeah. Hello. Hello. Or when the three (laughs) friends cross dress. Oh, yeah. I cry. I guess the next question is Lee Shang. Did he have a crush on Ping? Oh, 100% he had a crush on Ping. He was giving I love you eyes to Ping. He's a bicon. Oh, yeah. He's a bicon. Was he relieved to know that he, he had the not gaze when he saw Mulan's tatas? No, he was upset. He was pissed. He was pissed. He was like, oh, fuck. There was a hint not of relief in there, though. It's like, okay, good. I will say, I saw this movie when I was three years old. I ve- very clearly remember this. It's so strange, but I have very early memories of my childhood. It was with my godmothers and a couple of my family members. And I remember being very confused as to how they found out, because I didn't understand that boobs were something that girls only had. Oh my god! (laughs) So, I remember her sitting up and, like, exposing her boobs to it, like, not, and they're like, A woman! And I'm like, wait, how did that, how did they tell? What gave it away? Her eyelashes also came back in that scene, so that is also a reason why. Oh, yes. Um, Okay. Can we talk about one thing that I want to say, which I think is the the weirdest thing about this movie? Okay. The big, maybe not the climax, but the big battle scene, right? That scene only happens because the Eddie Murphy comic relief character decides to just do something goofy. And I find that incredibly weird. What do you mean? Like, isn't it? I mean, isn't it weird that like the Eddie Murphy one-off joke thing where he accidentally lights a firework is actually incredibly plot relevant? Oh yeah, the avalanche scene. Yeah, like so- that avalanche scene wouldn't have happened if Eddie Murphy didn't set off a firework randomly for no reason at all as a joke. I don't mind it because <laughs> yeah. Mulan takes the agency to use that to beat them in the end, which is. She causes the avalanche. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying I mind it. It's just, it's a weird storytelling thing. Because usually, usually you don't want your fantasy comic relief dragon character to be involved in the plot in a real way like that, where it like causes a major event. But well, they were just the, like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I think this is the only one where that's different for me. <laughs> you you think that's okay in this particular case? Mushu is not fictional or imaginary in the same way that the gargoyles and hunchback are supposed to be figments of quasimodo's imagination these are supposed to be real tangible things brought to you by the spirit world which we see is also real in this and if i'm following the logic he's a real thing that is interacting and incompetent in the world of the film okay yeah no i mean that's fair and i'm not even saying it's a flaw i actually don't care i just thought it was weird no, it is weird, but I kind of like it. It is it because, is kind of like like the equivalent in Hunchback would be if the gargoyles somehow caused a plot integral event to happen. Like they revealed that Esmeralda was hiding or something and it's like, <laughs> "Wait, they're not supposed to do that." That's wait, what? <laughs> Which you're right. Yeah. Uh, but but I don't mind things of the townspeople during like the final scene and yeah. it breaks the logic. Yeah, that's the reason why that movie isn't perfect like Mulan. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. Mulan is truly as perfect a Disney film. And at the end of this, I do want to do a ranking of the Disney films really, really quickly. Uh, we'll have to like speed run that shit because there's a hundred of them. Okay, so my family would go to Disney every year when I was a kid. Oh, you were rich. We just oh, we wow. were rich. Um, but we did that. Uh, but we went probably around the time when Mulan was like new-ish, mm-hmm. and I vividly remember go to one of the parks it was i think we went to the the hollywood studios park it was mgm at the time mm-hmm. and they did like an animation tutorial and it was hosted by uh mushu i vividly remember this when disney artist first started thinking about mulan mushu wasn't mushu and that he wasn't even a dragon they first hold it hold it what do you mean i wasn't a dragon Mushu hosted it, and he was doing gags and stuff. And I don't, I, I wish I knew if it was Eddie Murphy or not. But it like, this is just like not. a thing. It was definitely white Eddie Murphy, probably. From oh, that would make sense. Okay, um, that triggered another memory of mine. Um, we went to Disney in 1998, and the only thing I remember from that trip was a Lion King puppet show where they reenacted the death of Mufasa with puppets. <laughs> And I remember that because I hadn't even Dad, seen The Lion King yet. <laughs> and they're using audio clips from the movie, just having puppets reenacting it. I'm like, fuck, this movie looks dark. <laughs> and they truncate the movie. So it's just like little main scenes. So you just go from that to Akuna Matata without any context of how those get to one to another. Okay. So it might just be 100% nostalgia glasses or whatever, but the Disney parks during the 2000s was peak. Yes. It's all been downhill from there. And no. <laughs> <laughs> How about we compare our opinions to those of the real critics over on Letterboxd.com? It's time for the previews Letterbox game. All right. This is a game of one star, five star. Liz and Andrew, you're going head to head to guess whether these real Letterbox reviews are one star or five star based on the review alone. Andrew, you're first. Okay. Pretty ass. What? Wow, I mean, rude. Um, That's very rude. Jeez, I mean, one star, I guess? I mean, wow. That is correct. Liz. Ready. The Bible. Ooh. <laughs> I love it. Hey, it's called the Bible for a reason. It's not called the straight bull. Like, just saying. Um, Jesus like men and women in this ass. Yeah, Jesus was bi. Uh, five. Yes. Andrew. Yeah? Needs the music. Five exclamation points. Um, so that's about the remake. We're going to go one. That is correct. And it was not about the remake. I was just confused. Oh, that's about the original? Yeah, I was, I did not understand. What? What? But it has music. (laughs) I I know. Uh, Liz. I'm ready. No way way she's not trans. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, I mean, non-binary is a section of the trans community. So, you know, that person is not wrong. Uh, five. That is correct. Andrew. Yeah. Be a man. Five. That is a one. <gasps> Fucking what? They quoted the best oh, song God. and they hated it? How dare Please. They? I'm ready. Girl boss. One. That is correct. What's this? Andrew. Mm-hmm. Racist yet trans. Okay. That's also my review of Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. Huh. <clears throat> one? One. That is correct. Liz. That could have been. It could have gone either way. That really could have gone either way. <laughs> this is the last one, so Liz, this will either put you in the top or who gives a shit. It's not That's a real true. game. That's true. Okay. They are simply shapes dancing on my screen. So they were high. Okay. 
Um, True your heart. Yes, and Liz, you won Letterbox game today. Woo! You must be true to your Your heart. heart. Uh, If you're true to your heart, how about we go into a mid show? Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt you in the middle of the show, but we've got a shoo 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 at you. Today's show is brought to you by extremely kind donations over at Patreon. Andrew, tell us about Patreon and what's going on over there. Oh man, Patreon's where you can go if you want to get some extra content from us and also just give us money to keep the show running. Because honestly, uh, you need you need money in this world to survive. I'm sorry, everyone. I hate to be the one to tell you, but money, it's so money, true. money. Awful funny in a rich man's world. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> our current patrons are Melissa Goldman, Danielle Rennix, Justice Stampede, Ewan Cassidy, Monica Thoreau, Brent Black, Les Daniel, Stacey Coom, Joseph Evans Green, Mary Lou Choquette, John Vanells, Russ Walker, Musical Hell, Emily Gracie, Kyle Summers, Janae C, Scoot in the Technical Hour Dreamcoat, Liz Lim, Nothing is Certain Except Beth and Texas, Thesbian, Robert Benjamin, Jessica T, Mitchell Young, Chai Teacup, Chris Marcote, Kiji Marie Anastasio, Trevi Joseph, Leela, RJ Nariga, Julia McLannan, Bjorn Hermans, Toriana Frazier, Sammy the Adequate Amount Jacobson, Angela, Kaylee Blazier, uh, Cinemageddon Reviews, Villainous Miss, Sophina Ali, The Omega Geek, Paige Pearson, Maddie Wargle, Eliza Erdman, Anna Loskatova, Sarah Den Blaker, Evan Ball, Zachary Therese, Rora Morasso, Mara Forloin, Lisa L, Possessed Washing Machine, Nick Roten, Puffy Boy, uh, Julia Hardy, Sydney Hicks, Annabelle, Billy Clifton, Anna, Andrew Wright, uh, The Red Caboose Kaboom, uh, Gold Plated Kiki Mora, Julia Balder's Daughter, Rex, and Jewel Brown. They give us money so that we don't have to f- go, go on the street and suck dicks. Um, c- c- come give us money to keep us off the street and stop us from sucking dicks. It's so true, bro. <laughs> also, if you're sitting there real disappointed, like, hey, they should have probably covered Wish, you know we have a Patreon tier which you can decide what we cover. And if you go there, we will cover whatever you decide. Um, yeah, um, you're missing out if you're not there. You can control us. You can even be on an episode of this show at a certain tier. Other people you have can done help it. us cover Wish. Yeah, yeah you, you can, can make us make go it. to a theater. Yeah, um, you can come on and make us watch the boringest <laughs> Disney movie ever made. Allegedly. Allegedly. Neither, none of us have seen it. True. Um, but I let you live here for free, and I don't even charge you rent. <laughs> Damn. 
True, said Benny from <laughs> Rent. Let's get back to the show. Every song in Mulan is an incredible song. Every song is a 10 out of 10 banger. There's no skips in this. It slaps. It all slaps. Like the okay. opening number, Honor to a Soul, is as good as Belle from Beauty and the Beast and does all the things. It gives us the I Want song for Mulan. It gives us all the context. And we can all, and it is catchy as fuck. only complaint I have is the really kind of sketchy lyric Mulan has. What's that? Ancestors, hear my plea. Don't let me make a fool of me. It's a really, it's a very kind of stressful lyric. Like, obviously someone. It's very interesting. Maybe it's on purpose. Maybe they're drawing attention to it. Help me not to make a fool of me and not uproot my family tree. Maybe maybe the idea is you're expecting her to say, like, help me not embarrass my family, but she doesn't actually care about that. She doesn't want to embarrass herself. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you're giving too much credit. Proxy. I'm giving way too much credit. Maybe it's she just, just has word. anxiety, and she doesn't know how words work, even this in song. This is from the lyricist of Hercules. I'm not giving them too much credit. I love Hercules. The songs in Hercules are cringe as fuck, though. <laughs> yeah, I know we all love that uh, don't... Don't say I'm in love. Don't you dare but disparage I wouldn't say I'm in love. That's a fucking bop. It's got some cringe lyrics. I don't care. <laughs> and there's little imperfections that add charm to it. Like when the grandmother is like, just like, I had an apple for serenity and a pendant for balance, like June Foray voice. And then suddenly it's Marty <laughs> Nixon's beads of jade and beauty. <laughs> like it is so decidedly different voice. It, it 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 it's extremely noticeable at first, but then it sort of sounds like she's trying to go back to her old voice, like halfway through the the lyric. And then... <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and she's trying to match the rest of the lines, but the first one, she's like, "No, I'm going off." Yet, an apple for serenity, a pendant for balance, beads of jade for beauty. You must proudly. <laughs> it's not quite as perfect as M- Ming-Na Wen, um, who is, we haven't talked about her as Mulan. Her voice work in this film, absolutely incredible. Truly, like, next level, playing, like, three different variations of Mulan. But when that transitions into Leia Salonga, truly seamless. Like, perfect, perfect. Um, it is the way that dubbing should be done. And Leia Salonga's voice... Well, I think we should just talk about the next song, Reflection, which I think <laughs> redefined an entire generation of songs and is banned forever in audition rooms because of how good it is and how singable it is. Who is that girl I see? Stare 
but Lisa Longa sounds so young. Like she has this like kind of young squeak to her voice. Like it is there is not a single fault in any note throughout this entire song. And listening to it is one thing, but listening to it while you have the visuals to go alongside it, as Andrew brought up, like the the room of mirrors and the end image when she just erases half of the makeup and you get like the the real Mulan versus the fake Mulan. Ah, so much is going on in this scene. It's so uh, like not deep in the, but also it just is because the song is so good. You know, yeah. Like they 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 animate exactly what you imagine they would animate, and it still just comes off like, damn, nice. You are still yeah. shocked. It, like it's it not. A, <laughs> it's not a complicated song. It's not covered in complicated things. But I think something simple done perfectly is better than most things. Like looking at the lyrics alone, it is a short song. Like I think there's not even a bridge. It's just like a verse and a chorus and then it's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it. all they needed, though. Yeah. You know, to make truly great art, sometimes all you need to do is the bare minimum. You know, if I you do that... the bare minimum to perfection, you create something fantastic. Well, there's also the argument of writing too much and being too specific and it coming off try hard. And they got the perfect in-between of it's simple, short, but it's specific enough to work within the context. Like, I want to be a perfect, I can't be a perfect bride or a perfect daughter, um, and I would break my family's heart. Three big things that we know about Mulan. Everything else can be fairly general. This is because when we think of general songwriting, we think of Frank Wildhorn, where he just writes a love song that could be played on the top 40, and it has nothing to do with Jekyll and Hyde. And then he's like, yeah, this is this is Jekyll's song. <laughs> <laughs> someone <laughs> like you found someone like me. Like then me. suddenly, <laughs> I think whatever be the same. That is about a prostitute singing about That's a guy she just met. That's from Jekyll and like, Hyde? Yes! Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I heard it in another context. It is. Okay, did I tell you guys? All right. <laughs> about the wedding I shot about a year ago, last December. The, um, the priest turns and is like, now a hymn from our pianist, um, just as they were getting like ready for the final kiss. And they sang someone like you from Jekyll and Hyde and I'm like that's not a fucking him someone like you and it's just a guy at a piano someone like you was this a Catholic wedding? yes I was the only one laughing my ass off and I'm just a photographer I know but I did and you were gaslighting us the Bible. <laughs> Remember when Frank Wildhorn wrote a song in the Bible? <laughs> Someone like God. <laughs> Speaking of God to your songs, let's talk about Make a Man Out of You. Everyone loves I'll Make a Man Out of You. And you know why? Because it it's fucking slaps. It rocks. So- <laughs> it's so good.
This is a song where I, I don't want to like it because everyone loves it, but I can't not like it because yeah. it's too fucking good. <laughs> I remember no, seeing we were doing Mulan and I was checked the version and I got so excited I got to watch the scene again. I'm just like, yes. And it just gets better. It's like a song, a song crescendo. Every moment as we build to the end, the crescendo of it, it is like everything that you want from like Rocky and all those things. I just... I just wish it wasn't sung by Donny Osmond. <laughs> you know, it's he didn't do a bad job, though. Let's be real. He did a good job. But do you know who sang it in the um, do, 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 Chinese dub? Jackie Chan? Yep. Wait, what? Really? Yeah, he even shot a music video of him singing it. I'm going to play it for you now. <laughs> Tim to be the voice in America too. Jackie Chan's well known enough. Yeah, I know he's a bit of an asshole Jackie and Chan. abandoned his children, but <laughs> yeah, but he's Jackie Chan. But he's Jackie though. Chan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In '99, that that was worth something, and <laughs> the way it gets stylized, the way it builds up to like this red background, the way it tells the story with Mulan finding how she fits into this man's world and being better with them with her brain, it's. Effective storytelling, beautiful songwriting, and great design work. Everything you want. There, can you name a song in another Disney film that hits as hard as this? Don't you dare say the Yoda Lady song from Oak, uh, Home on the Range. <laughs> I mean, it's just going to be villain songs. Yeah. I think this yeah. is kind of the closest thing to the villain song because in Mulan, the villain is the situation she's in. Less than any physical being. Yeah. Less, less than the the Mongolians who all look like um, they got jaundice. Oh, the Huns, the Huns with the, Huns. the jaundice. It's the Huns, not the Mongolians. I, I will say the portrayal of of uh, of the Huns felt a little bit like you know, isn't yeah. this a real group of people that actually existed? <laughs> no, this is just one bad. This is a few bad apples, Andrew. A few bad with apples. And they all they all <laughs> jaundice and they all look evil. <laughs> <laughs> a little girl's missing her doll. I, I mean, honestly, though, he's he's kind of badass. Yeah. Every single time he enters a scene, it's like in the most badass way possible. He has so this I fucking hawk on his shoulder. Oh, he's so fucking cool. It's sick. Every entrance to every scene, he's like, he just like he's in shadow or he's in smoke or something. It's like, how do you how do you do that, man? Teach me. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then we have the last song in the movie, and then there's no more real songs for the rest of the film, and that's a girl worth fighting for, which I think is a cute number. I'm a girl back home who's unlike any other. Yeah, the only girl who'd love him is his mother. I'm a leap of Wish that I had 
I think it's very funny. I think it's a fun. It's a fun number, and I, what I really like about it is that it just ends. It yeah. just stops. Like, there's it. It just stops, and it's actually really interesting in that way. In that, like, it is this upbeat song, but because of the situation, they actually just have it stop, and we can't uh, sing anymore. There's, yeah, there's no real ending for that song. Yeah, stuff got real. We gotta stop singing. Shang Li's dad was murdered by the 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 Hun leader. Yeah. Wanted to give the little girl her doll. Yeah, his dad and also like everyone else. All the other Literally soldiers. Everyone. Literally everyone. Yeah. <laughs> well, there um, is one more song. Oh, yes, there is. There's the reprieve? No, you got True no. to Your Heart. Oh, True to Your Heart. Yeah, the most important the cricket, it, it. I would say it's a credit song, but technically it starts during the movie. It does. Now, Andrew, you love this music video. I need you to tell me at what point there's a specific moment you okay. need us to highlight. Oh, you, do you want me to talk about three minutes in? Yes. Um, okay, let's I didn't go. actually get to three minutes in. <laughs> this is my favorite part of the music video. Open your eyes. Stevie Wonder disappears. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where is Stevie Wonder? <laughs> Does he come back? Yeah, he's just oh, there. there he is. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's really great is that it's ca- it's time to the open your eyes, you know, oh, no. like, bro, like you guys do you, do they know? Do they know? <laughs> he can't see. He can't, he can't see. see. <laughs> he looks so, so happy to be disappearing into nothingness. <laughs> They're like, open your eyes, and he's like, oh, bye. <laughs> I ain't gonna do that. Can't do that. <laughs> Have you ever seen the video? I think it was like Lady Gaga waving at Stevie Wonder and Stevie Wonder's wife nudges him. She's waving at you. And he's like, oh, and he waves. <laughs> Dude, you know what my favorite conspiracy theory is? Is that <laughs> Stevie that Wonder can see. I don't believe it like at all. <laughs> I think it's complete horseshit. But I love that there's people who are. Just so intent on like proving that Stevie Wonder can see. <laughs> I think there was like some interview they did where he's like, "Oh, you're vertical," and he is like, "Oh," and then he fixes it, and they're like, "He can see, <laughs> he can see." He can see. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Um, Andrew, we've talked a lot about Mulan, but let's. Why don't we just rank all the Disney films right now? Uh yeah, sure. All a uh, hundred of them. Oh, that's so many. Um, can we'll we just a- rank the ones we've talked about? No, <laughs> the ones we've we're seen. We're gonna do all of them. We'll do okay. all of the ones we've seen. Snow White. Where are we putting that? B. B. C. I'm putting it in B. S- 
B, I guess B. Hey, come on, Mr. Toad. That's A tier because of the Headless Horseman alone. Cinderella. I've never seen it, so I can't rank it. D. Cinderella, C. C. Alice in Wonderland, also C. Peter Pan. Alice in Wonderland in B. You'd put it in B? I'm putting Peter Pan in C I, then. Because it's the racism. Yep. Lady of the Tramp, C for racism. C. Um, Sleeping Beauty, we did cover this on our, pay, our Disney Plus series. I think that's A. I think Sleeping Beauty is pretty good, yeah. Respect. 101 Dalmatians, C. Yeah, valid. C for sure. C, yeah. Sword yeah, of the Stone also I've actually put that D. D. Yeah, I've never seen it. Jungle Book B. Pinocchio okay. B. Aristocats, we did cover that. I think D. that's maybe D. F. Maybe F. D. I'm putting it D. It's we'll D. move it later. Robin Hood is A. Robin Hood is B. High B though. Robin- <laughs> I put I'd say B as well. I actually might say C. I don't like Robin Hood. Robin Hood has moments, <laughs> but yeah. Winnie Robin the Pooh. Winnie childhood. the Pooh is A. Winnie the Pooh is A. That's Part A. a. Yeah. The rescuers D. A. I, well, it has nudity though. It has the boobs in the back. F. Although it's it's yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. it's not wanted nudity though. And it, they never got the permission of the girl, so definitely. Yeah. Oh, okay, definitely F. F. Yeah. Um. All right. Then we're gonna do Fox and the Hound. Um. C. Never seen. Never seen. Never seen it. Black Cauldron. D. Never seen. Never seen it. Bad. Never seen. Uh, Great Mouse Detective B. I know there's a horny mouse. That's all I know. Horny mouse. Never seen it. Oliver and Company. We did a commentary of it. I have no okay. memory of it. Oliver and Company, I like, like, but it's not good, but I want to put it low B. Low B? You personally. got it. Little but Mermaid. It probably belongs in C. <laughs> Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid's a. B. Oh, okay. A? It's huh? B. B. Wait, is there anything above A? Are we doing above A? Um, is there S? We have nothing. We've got not, not put anything in S yet. Are we putting anything there, though? I like, think is we that could an actual put, tier? I think we can, yes. Okay. Okay, whatever. That's viable. Little Mermaid can <laughs> probably go A, then. Rescuers Down Under, B. Definitely high. Yeah. Fantasia, I think that's S. Fantasia's really good, yeah. That's very good, yeah. Beauty and the Beast, A. I would maybe also put it S, but... Yeah. I'd, I'd put it S, personally. Aladdin, Aladdin, A. Low A for Aladdin? Low A maybe? for yeah. Aladdin. Lion King, also A. I'd put it right... Above Aladdin, honestly. Yeah, above above Aladdin. Definitely above Aladdin. Pocahontas D. No, too high. F. F. Okay. Uh, I think D. I think it's got it's got enough okay. good stuff in it that D. it doesn't go all the way down there. Hunchback. I'm putting that in A, but low A. Definitely low A, A. for sure. I want to put Hercules in A as well. I like Hercules. I would like to A. Hercules in A. Mulan, honestly, S for me. S tier. Mulan's really good. It's At fantastic. Least high A, if not S. I'm putting it in S. Um, Fantasia 2000, C. Yeah, that's fine. Nothing for Tarzan. We Tarzan, ignore Tarzan. B? High Tarzan's B. B. Tarzan's B, a very high, mid. Yeah. High B. Yes. Um, dinosaur, dinosaur, D for D. dinosaur. <laughs> Dumbo is C. C, yeah. but high C, because it's like 40 minutes. Like Dumbo is 40 minutes long. That helps. Emperor's New Groove, A. High A. Yeah. Yeah. Atlantis, B. B. Low B. Treasure Planet, yeah. high B. <laughs> Treasure Planet, maybe A. Might yeah, I'd say A you for know Treasure what? Planet. I'd argue A. Hold up. <coughs> Leland Stitch. It's got the annoying robot, though. Um, yeah, there's Leland a Stitch very a. boring lull in the middle of it. Um, Leland Stitch, I'd put right under Emperor's New Groove in A. Yeah. Brother Bear, B. D. D? D? I'd yeah. say C. Oh, I B haven't seen C. Home on the Range, but you two have, so. Home on the Range, honestly. <laughs> Home on the range. Uh, high C. All right, above Dumbo. That seems right to me. Chicken Little's F. Horrendous. F. F. Meet the Robinsons. I'm actually a defender. I'm gonna put this in high C. I think it could go B. I think think it goes above. Okay. 
Yeah. I think it's I, better than Home on the Range by a I, lot. I can't agree. Bolt D. Didn't see Bolt. Bolt is bad. Bolt boring sucks. Yeah. Princess, Princess of the, the Frog. Frog. Low a, B. A, B. I'd say A. A B territory. Um Bambi. Boring is sin, but pretty, so it's low B. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have not seen it all the way through, so I've, I can't say. I haven't seen it in years. Tangled. You're a big fan, Andrew. A? I'm a fan of Tangled. I I'm going to say A. I think it goes in A. I don't know where in A, but definitely I in A. Think I, I don't think it's right A. Above. Yeah. I don't think S. I don't think it belongs in S. Wreck-It Ralph. Low C. High C. High C. No, Mid Wreck-It C? Ralph's a B at least. I like B. Wreck-It Ralph. Okay, okay. Not right. Wreck-It Ralph 2. <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph 2 is, is garbage. In F tier. Yeah, that has Miranda Sings in it, so. Uh, yeah, let's just put that right there at F tier. Um, yeah. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, the 2015 one. I actually think this yes. is cute. I think it's going I've not a. seen. I haven't it's really seen it. Good. I was too old. If it's, it's Winnie really the Pooh, cute. I can see it. Frozen, the original Frozen. It's fine. Um, B? B? Somewhere in B? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, Big Hero 6, I'm a defender. I'm going to put that in A. I didn't see I, it. Yeah, I could see A. Maybe, maybe B. You know what? I'll be put it at the top of B. Yeah, Moana. I think that's A. I think Moana's great. Moana's A. Moana's, Moana's A. Definitely Moana's A. Um, Frozen Two D for me. Honestly, I really hated Frozen Two. Uh, I'm I'm generous and I'd give it a C. Low C. Zootopia. I actually think that's an A. I think it's, yeah, Zootopia is really good. Zootopia's really good, even if the metaphor kind of gets a little shaky. Ryan the Last Dragon. I'm a defender. I think that's B. <laughs> I've never seen it, so I can't. I, I can't skipped it. I to. heard that it's a let I Avatar the Last Airbender ripoff, but I would never say that myself. Uh, <laughs> Got that. I hate, I hate it. I hate it. Um and Encanto, I'd also put that in S. I think that movie's great. I'd say we're I, high A, but I, I don't think I've I seen it enough to put it in I S. I agree it's okay. really good. And then we've got like Strange World, which I didn't see. Um, Saludos, amigos, the three caballeros. I've not seen any of these. I, I maybe I've I might have seen Fun and Fancy Free, but I was a tiny child, so I can't. I've rate seen it, them both. So. They're both kind of mid. They're B's. Make yeah. my music too is B, and Melody Time is B. Actually, I put Melody Time as C. All right, that's our ranking. Um, Liz, here it is. I'm gonna send this to you, and we'll post this on Twitter one day. Wow, oh, I can't are you believe it to me? I don't have the login this. for Twitter. We did it, kids. We ranked all the Disney movies in a really <laughs> fast and slap, <laughs> slap happy fashion. I mean, our last I Patreon video was literally me and just doing teen movie rankings, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I think that, people that is the most half-assed Disney ranking you'll ever see in your life. Yeah. Um, there's I, no way that I'll look back at that and agree. Because I'm not accepting <laughs> Robin Hood slander you two threw out. It is a perfect movie. I was positive towards Robin Hood. I know. <laughs> I think Robin Hood is boring. It is, and that's but it's the, also it's like the, a, it's the reused animation era of Disney, yeah. which is like the worst era. I have very, <laughs> very tight. I have a very, very nostalgic relationship with that movie. So, I like Mulan a lot. <laughs> um, but what is our overall thoughts on Mulan and our cheese ratings? Andrew, why don't you go first? Uh, Mulan, a very good movie. That you should watch, but you've already seen it. What am I fucking what, like? What am I going to convince you to watch Mulan? You've already fucking watched it. Um, as far as a cheese rating, I'm going to give it a, a delicious cheeseburger from McDonald's covered in that delicious Mulan Szechuan sauce. It's so good. I love the Szechuan sauce. I I've turned myself into Szechuan sauce, Morty. Rookie, I'm a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not going to give it a real cheese rating. That's my actual <laughs> cheese rating. Fuck you. 
<laughs> uh, Juliet, note that his cheese rating is fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's literally fuck you. No, it's not. It's a cheeseburger from McDonald's covered in McDonald's Mulan Szechuan sauce. No one does that on a McDonald's cheeseburger. Uh, I love Mulan. It's I grew up kind of a tomboy, so it was nice as a kid to see like a Disney princess that was also had some like tomboy. Not a princess. Not royalty. She's royalty. technically in the Disney princess canon. Yeah, but if she's you look not at a the princess. Marketing, okay. I don't care about the technicalities. You you know what I'm saying. It's it's nice to see like a main character that had like tomboyish traits and was seen as positively and not mocked for it. And the movie's badass and the songs are fucking awesome. So I love Mulan. I've loved it since I was a tiny child and I still love it now. Uh, I'm going to give it Rushan cheese, which is apparently a fried cheese snack you can get in China. Uh, it looks pretty good. So I looked up a cheese unlike Andrew. <laughs> All right, I liked, and actually, no, fuck it, I love Mulan. It's probably my favorite Disney animated film. Um, the more I think about it, the more I think there's just zero faults in it um, as far as just a piece of entertainment. Yeah, culturally, it's got issues. Yeah, it's probably a lot of my nostalgia talking, but truly, I think it's great. Zero faults in it, and I just think in my adulthood, this is the one I come back to the most and hum the most and re-listening to the soundtrack the most. All bangers, zero skips. I am giving this um, Mulan's breakfast rice porridge with a little bit of cheese on top, which someone made for some reason. There's this girl that makes princess breakfasts, and this is hers, and I like it. So I'm gonna just gonna put a little, little, little shredded cheese on top of that. That looks cute as fuck. I don't know how well bacon and eggs would taste on top of, um, you know porridge but yeah. maybe if mushu feeds it to me <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening please follow us on itunes spotify stitcher at musicals with cheese we're on twitter at cheesy musicals patreon musicals cheese instagram musicals cheese youtube page musicals with cheese liz is gonna put some new things up there soon um got a christmas thing and we got another thing before that um pretty cool yeah that um, other e- thing before that should be done soon yes hopefully so. i want andrew's eyes on that because i think he'll be happy with that too um so yeah yeah i can send um, it over Email us at musicaltheaterlives at gmail.com to tell us how wrong we are about Mulan or whatever the fuck else. Our keeper of the cheese is Juliet Antonio. Here's some ASMR for you, Juliet. True to your heart. Gotta be true to your heart. Uh, thank you to the Broadway Podcast Network for having us on the platform. Hands apart, and then we'll shower you with my love. Open your eyes. And he disappears. <laughs> and he disappears. <laughs> the smile on his face as he disappears as if nothing. He's not- just, a, just a blank JPEG. Um, we'll see you next time on Musicals with Cheese. Let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. Did they send me daughters when I asked for sons? You're the saddest bunch I've ever met, and you can bet before you're through. Mister, I'll make a man out of you. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.